Good morning, Open Arms. My name's Amy Beebe, and I'm sure you've seen me around here a few times. And you've met my husband, Brad, who preached a few weeks ago on Jesus is the Miracle Worker. Uh, you might recognize that I, my accent's a little funny. So just a little bit about myself is I'm a mom of three, and I grew up in a small town in the state of Michigan, USA. But fast forward a few years, and Ireland feels more like home than anywhere else. We've lived here almost nine years now. Well, I'm so honored to be part of the team here at Open Arms. I'm so honored um, to be under the leadership of Pastor Sean Booth and just be able to minister to you and share with you what's on my heart today. I hope that you will be blessed. Today, the title of my message is, Are You Thirsty? Just think about that for a few minutes. You know, we've been through a season that has really left us wanting in so many ways. Wanting for travel and for community, friends, just things that we're used to having as normal but have been taken away from us maybe. And even spiritually, it's been a very awkward season with our churches have been closed and things like that. Now that things are opening, hopefully our tanks, so to speak, are, are filling back up as we're able to come back into person. But I know some of you haven't been able to. And we're still not quite there yet, though we're seeing a lot of progress, thank God. But today I want to ask you that question. Are you thirsty and I hope that this message will encourage you and remind you about the river of living water that's on the inside. Today I'm going to start with a story about a woman who was very dry. She was spent, just had nothing left to give in her. She'd been through a lot. She's been discarded and really scorned by society. We're going to start, this story is in, found in John chapter 4, and we'll start around verse 5. And setting up the story, Jesus told his disciples, we need to go through Samaria. He probably didn't say we need to go to Samaria, because he would have got a little, you know, pushback on that, because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't have anything to do with each other. They fundamentally disagreed on a lot of different things. And they really just tried to avoid each other when possible. But Jesus says, we got to go through Samaria. And they got to this old monumental place in history, in Jewish history, was Jacob's well. Jesus said, I'm going to stay here and wait. And he sent his disciples ahead to get some food in the nearby city. So Jesus was sitting there waiting. And you know what? I think he was waiting there for her. Enter our woman of the story. And I think she was waiting too. The Bible says it's about the afternoon that she was coming to the well. Now the well would have been super busy in the morning and in the evening. But she was coming waiting because it was probably one of those days where she woke up and she said, today I just can't. I can't deal with the looks. I can't deal with the comments. I just really can't deal with anyone today. Have you ever been there before? It takes a lot for me to get to that place, but I've been there before. You just want to like throw on your hat and your sunglasses and now we can put our mask up to here and just hope we can like run in the store, just get our milk and bread and that no one will notice us. I mean, it's kind of funny, like the kid hiding behind the curtain in the sitting room. You can't see me now. <laughs> of course we can see you, but we still want to pretend maybe we can just scooch in and scooch out. No one will notice because I just can't deal with a simple, 
hi, how are you today? Because I'm so empty inside. Because I'm just drained. Well, I feel like this is where our woman is at. And she's walking to the well, and she sees a guy from afar off. And she's like, great. Well, maybe I can just, he won't talk to me, and I'll just get what I need, and I'll go. Then she gets closer, and she notices that he's a Jew. Probably by the clothes he's wearing or how he does his hair, I don't know. But she notices. And now she's more irritated than anything and is really hoping she can just get in and get out of there. But what happens? Jesus says, hey, woman, can I have a drink? (laughs) And you'll forgive me for my little interpretation of, of our woman this morning. But we're, let's see, down around verse 9 in chapter 4. She says, excuse me, are you talking to me? Really? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And not to mention, I'm a woman. Really? And she has no intention of giving him a drink. She is, doesn't even have it in her to do this simple thing. And Jesus says, you know, if you knew who was talking to you this morning, you would actually ask him for a drink. And because this person that's sitting here asking you for a drink would give you some living water. That's in verse 10. In verse 11, she's like, wow, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep, which I think this is also kind of rude because she's sort of shoving it back in his face that you couldn't get a drink of water if you wanted to. And she has no intention of giving him a drink of water. But she says, where are you going to get this special living water from? Do you think you're better than our father Jacob who dug this well and this well fed his sons and his livestock? who do you think you are? She's saying to herself. And probably, if you knew who I was, you would never even talk to me. Well, verse 13, Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I give you, you will never ever thirst again. Because the water that I shall give you will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now when we come to Jesus, have you read the scripture in a while? Have you thought about it? When we come to Jesus, we don't just get some living water. He said that in us springs up a fountain of everlasting life. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That's amazing. That's powerful. Well, she can't comprehend this, and I can barely comprehend this. And so she sticks with her sarcastic tone and says, Oh, sure, great. You know what? Why don't you go ahead and give me some of this living water so I don't have to come back to this well and get some every single day? Whew, where are they digging these Jews up from? My goodness. And then you probably have Jesus going, God, how do I get through to this lady? And he says, okay, why don't you call your husband to come here? And we can talk more about this. Well, then she says kind of smugly, 
I don't have a husband. Hmm. And Jesus says, yeah. Yeah, I know. You've had five husbands, and the guy you're with now is not your husband. So I do suppose you're telling the truth. And I don't think he was saying this judgingly at all. Up to now, she's been so defensive. But now she's becoming defenseless. And what Jesus is doing is saying, I see you. I know exactly where you're coming from. And I still want to offer you this living water. And also at this time, her eyes are being opened. And she says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. But she has to enter into the argument of the day. And she says, but our forefathers worshipped here at this mountain. And you Jews say that we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. What, what's going on with that? And Jesus disarms her even further. And this might seem like a silly argument to you, but how many times do we enter into the argument of the day? Just be wary of that because Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. And he says in verse 20 and 23 and 24 goes like this. Jesus, woman, believe me, it really doesn't matter. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour is coming, and it now is, that when the true worshipers are worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Because God is spirit. And she, he's teaching her right now. And he's saying, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And she says, Wow, um, I know the Messiah is coming. And I know he's going to tell us all things. I mean, think about this. What Jesus is telling her is really a revolutionary thing at the time. It's basically God is saying, when you come to me and you accept me, your spirit is reborn and can communicate with God, your heavenly father, wherever you are, spirit to spirit. No religion in the world has that. And even some Christians still struggle today to understand that. Wow, what a moment that he is sharing with her this. So she's really realizing that he's different and there's something there. So when she says, I know the Messiah is coming, and she says, he's going to tell us all things, Jesus says, yeah, yep, that's me. Well, she's shocked, amazed, probably even a little embarrassed about how she acts. She leaves her jug, and she says, I, I have to go. Probably, I'm so sorry, I didn't get you any water. Go ahead. And she runs back to the city. And God uses this woman to be a catalyst for a movement in that town. Jesus and his disciples stay there two more days. And the Bible says that many people believed on him because of this woman's testimony. Here is a woman who thought her life's basically over. She's trying to survive every day. It's been rough. It's been tough. She's been discarded by society. What is left for her? And then comes Jesus. And he renews her spirit and he gives her purpose. And he gives her something that she can do. She can share about the Savior that's come. How amazing is that? I mean, 
How many of us, you know, have said, I've, I've done too much? Or maybe you're sitting there saying, I haven't done enough. God is saying it doesn't matter. I see you right where you are, and I love you, and I want to offer you this living water. I mean, think about it for a minute. How many husbands have you had? Or how many wives have you had? Have you done too much? No. No. God loves you right where you're at, but he's not going to leave you there. He wants to renew your spirit and revigorate your life and give you purpose. Now, she had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, which is so amazing. But we know that Jesus died and was buried and he rose again and he went up to be at the right hand of the Father. So he said to his disciples, guys, I gotta go, but you're here now. And in Mark 16, 15, you might be familiar with this, where he says to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe will be condemned. But these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus says, Tig, you're it. You have the river of living water on the inside of you and you can go and share that with others. Do you know anyone else in your life that could use that river of living water? Now, maybe you're also listening and you're like, I guess I knew that, but I haven't thought about that river of living water on the inside. And we've all been there. So the next couple of things I want to share is how do we stir up that river of living water? You know, if someone gave you a lot of money and they put it in your bank account, but you forgot it was there, or you lost your card and you had no way to, to take from it, well, then that money isn't doing you very much good. But God has given us a special gift, and we have to remember it, and we have to tap into it. One of the first things that you can do is to read the Word of God. I mean, that's how we even know who we are in Christ and know that our spirit is reborn by reading the Word of God. (laughs) Um, You know, this is what um, in Hebrews, sorry, in Hebrews, um, it tells us that the Word of God is powerful, living, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even unto the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. And really in this last season, a lot of the battle has been up here. Reading the word of God can help you discern the thoughts and intents of our heart. Is that a good thought? Is that what God says about me? Is this a healthy thing to think about right now? Where should I place my trust? The Bible, it says in Psalm 119.105, says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, how many of you open up your phone and put on your torch every now and then? You've lost something, maybe behind the couch, or you woke up in the middle of the night. But then how many of us go through life and you're like, it's okay, I've got it, God. And, and you're stumbling through the dark, like, oh, there, shoot, there's a chair or there's a table. And you're stumbling through the dark. Ah, Legos! 
But listen, God has given us the word as a lamp unto our feet. So all we have to do is switch on the torch. And that is the word of God. So are you thirsty today? Read the word of God. That's going to help stir you up. The second thing I'm going to talk about is prayer. And of course, prayer. Yes, it's just talking to God. But listen to this part. You know, when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, how should we pray, God? And he gave them the Our Father. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Worship him. Worship God. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This was a guide, a way for us to pray. Jesus was telling us, pray like this. Pray for God's will that is done in heaven to be done here on earth. And why did he say that? Because God wants to be invited into your life, invited into your situation. Do you need rivers of living water in your marriage? Do you need rivers of living water with your kids and your relationships? Invite God in to those areas of your life. God, I'm inviting you in. I'm praying for this marriage. I thank you for your restoration and healing waters. Whatever it is that you need, just go to God with that and talk to him about it. If you're thirsty, start praying. And then the third thing is praying in the spirit. In John 7, 7, 37 and 38, Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In 39, John said this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, and Jesus was not yet glorified. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's like lifting weights for our spirit. It's building yourself up. It's stirring up those waters and recognizing what's there and just filling up your tank. In Romans 8, 26, it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Have you ever been there? (laughs) Especially in the past year and a half? What do I even begin to pray for right now? But the Holy Spirit knows and he helps us. It says, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. In Ephesians 6, Paul's talking about the armor of God. And you might be a little bit familiar with this. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. And in this part, Ephesians 6, 17 and 18, he says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all prayer, and supplication in the Spirit, which kind of just ties up what I said. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying with all supplication, and praying in the Spirit. That is your powerful sword of the Spirit. And this is a side note, church. You know, I think, have you ever seen in Lord of the Rings, or we just watched this Netflix series on Rise of the Ottoman Empire, where They fight those battles, and they're using that armor that Paul's referring to back in Roman times. And one thing we usually see in all those different battle scenes is at the beginning of the battle, when the arrows start flying, they throw up their shields, don't they? And, 
And I think that's like what we all did when the world is turning upside down. We throw up our shield of faith, which is exactly what we're supposed to do. God, I trust you. I trust you to protect my family. I trust you to provide for me. And that's really, really good. We have to do that. But there does come a point in the battle. They can't just stay there behind their shields. They have to cast the shield aside and they draw their sword And it's time to go on offense. And church, I believe that right now it's time to wake up and rise up and use our swords of the Spirit to fight our battles, to be stirred up, reminded of who you are in Christ. And you just speak the word with your sword and with your prayers. You say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm the head, I'm not the tail, I'm above and not beneath. You say, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that grows brighter and brighter unto the noonday. That's Proverbs 4.18. Psalm 91, the whole thing. But I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. In God, I will put my trust. That's how we fight our battles. And that's how we stir ourselves up. I want to challenge you to stir up that living water on the inside of you. Someone else in your life needs that. Those around you and your family need that. I'm going to close with this scripture, and it says, Isaiah 44, 3 says, For I will pour my water out on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offsprings. Are you thirsty today? God said that he would flood our dry grounds. I'm going to pray for you this morning, and I hope you will also join with me in praying for our church and for our nation to be flooded with the Spirit of God because we know that's what we need, don't we? Oh, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you fill us up to overflowing And Father, we pray that you do flood these dry grounds, flood your church. Do something new, Father God. We're expecting you to. We're expecting, Father God, for you to fill us up and to walk in all that you have for us, Lord. Help us keep your word in front of us and help us keep prayer at the forefront of our lives. Father, thank you so much. I just want to speak to you right now. For those of you who are watching, and maybe you have heard about Jesus and what he did for you, but you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I want to just pray with you and give you an opportunity for that right now. And maybe you heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, but you've never prayed to receive that. And listen, if you have any questions or comments about any of that, please go to openarms.ie forward slash connect and fill out one of those connect cards and we would be more than happy to pray with you further or answer any of questions that you have. But receiving the Holy Spirit is just like receiving a gift. It's just a gift that God has given you. And all you have to do is if I gave you a gift today is unwrap it to receive it. So if you're there today and you're saying, I have kind of heard about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can receive that right now. Let's pray for those of you that want to come to the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sin. I thank you, Father God, that 
we are forgiven. Forgive us, Lord, for what we have done. Forgive us, Lord, for those things that we're not, that we're just not proud of. But we know that we can lay that at your feet. We thank you, Jesus, for coming into our hearts and giving us a new spirit, a river of living water to live out our lives for you and to live our lives through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if those of you that want to pray to receive the Holy Spirit, Father God, I just pray right now for those that are ready. They have heard your word and they've heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit, but they didn't ever receive it. Right now, I just pray for those people who are ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. From the tops of their heads to their toes, may they be filled up to overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when you begin to pray, it doesn't come from here. It comes from out of here. And you can, in your own sitting room or in your car or wherever you are, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But if you would like some more prayer or we'd like someone to connect with you on this, then we would be more than happy to do so. Thank you so much for watching us today. We're just so privileged and honored that we can be invited into wherever you are right now. And we love you and we pray for you. God bless you. Amen.